Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio. On a Thursday, April 21st with Ryan Hollins. I'm Doug Gottlieb and uh Ryan, man, what a what a what a day we have um in store for sports fans. What a night we had. You had a huge story in college basketball as Jay Wright kind of surprisingly announced his retirement. Hey, that sandwiched around a Joel Embiid three where the uh, Philadelphia 76ers take a three games to none lead on the Toronto Raptors. And then, of course, the series that most of us are enthralled by is uh, Celtics-Nets, which wasn't terribly close late as the Celtics take a commanding two games to none lead. They win both of their home games and they return home. So we got a lot to get to, plus the Bulls upset the the, the Bucks. Um, we have an injury in the Bucks series, so we got some NBA to talk about. We still have the Debo Samuel uh, you know, trade demands, although he uh, he he has a weird tweet that he took down. So we, we got football to talk about. Shohei Otani, amazing for the Angels, a little baseball. But let, let's start in the NBA, and uh, obviously all year you covered the Rockets. You've covered the league, played in the league. What, 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 what do you think led? I mean, like, look, the story is Kevin Durant didn't make a shot from the field in the second half and Kyrie Irving's like never had the ball in the fourth quarter and the Celtics come from 17 down to win. What happened, Ryan Hollins? Doug, the one thing I've always said in terms of the Boston Celtics that they got away from when Kyrie came 
is they are really good when they are locked in defensively. That's their identity. And midway through this season, you know, with, with the Schroeder and Tice trade, they got back to that, okay, lockdown, defend, believe in that side of the ball, and now the offense comes. They're bought in on defending Kevin Durant. They're bought in on, you know, showing bodies to Kyrie Irving. And as explosive as those guys are, it has to be that way. But there wasn't like – think about that bubble moment where Smart kind of called out his teammates, you, you guys aren't working hard, you guys aren't committed, you're thinking about scoring the basketball. That's the biggest difference I see, Doug. And I, I, I want to ask, ask you this, and, and this is my second thing. When you look at the Nets, because obviously no Joe Harris, but the writing is on the wall. They could use that 6'9 guy who can attack the rim and create shots for others to make things easy. Heck, at this point, they could use a James Harden because now you're just seeing, and anybody can, hey, man, show walls and bodies to Kevin Durant. Make him a make him a playmaker. Make him put the basketball on the floor. Look at Kyrie Irving. Make him have to score. Make things tough. They need somebody to relieve pressure. And I don't know what state Ben Simmons is going to come back in, but they need Ben Simmons, man. Oh, no question. I mean, the, t- the team is built to where – you know the team is is built, and and this, this is the problem with top heavy teams, right? But but also this team, right? I, I don't. You, you struggle to find places to put Seth Curry, to put Patty Mills, to put enough shooting because at the other end, they just can't hide those guys, right? And then offensively, if you don't have those guys in because you're trying to be better defensively to cover for for Kyrie and just to give you overall size and. And switchability, well, now that means those guys can't score. This, for Kevin Durant, it reminds me of what frustrated him in Oklahoma City. Mm. Right? When when he was in Oklahoma City, he was playing, you know, he, he just wanted to show he's the best one-on-one player in the league. If you give him space, there's nothing you can do. And he had some good looks even in the fourth quarter where there wasn't help there. But it, it's that you get worn down and beat down by the fact that there's just hands and arms and bodies everywhere. I, I completely agree with you, um, Ryan, on, on, on what's happening. Um, I, like, look, this is, this is a question. Okay, so Kyrie, it wasn't just that he didn't, wasn't making shots in the first three quarters. Like, he wasn't really involved and super engaged with the ball in the fourth quarter. And I can't tell if he's tired. You know, he's, he is fasting for Ramadan. Like, look, you're allowed to do it, but it, I mean, it's, that's got to be hard to play basketball at this level. Um, or, or is it, is he pouting because of the fine? Uh, although Steve Nash had his back and said, I don't care. He had 39 points. I don't care what he says. Right. Which is all you need to say. Um, why do you think they didn't, he didn't have the ball in the quarter. It was just all KD one-on-one. Doug, they hadn't been here before. Not that not that both two, those two guys aren't world champs. They hadn't been here together. Yeah. So, Doug, you know it. Any, any good team you've played on or, or played against, what are we doing down the stretch? You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I know when I was in Boston, we needed a bucket. It, it was Paul and KG in a pick and roll. When I played with the Clippers, we're going 1-4. BG setting the screen. Chris is going to come off and create something. Like, Every team knows what, like, what's their deal. What is their go-to? There isn't a go-to right there, right now, um, necessarily for the Nets. They don't know 
Uh, who? Hey, man. Hey, you know, one, one, two pick and roll, one, three pick and roll between you and KD. Step up screen. Hey, like you, you mentioned, how do we use Curry? How do we use Patty Mills? How do we uh, uh, get those guys mixed into the lineup? And that's why my big focus is Ben Simmons. And maybe Ben's not the fourth quarter guy, but through the first three quarters, if he's getting you available shots, if he's making life easy on you, because I'm as I'm watching Kevin Durant. Life is not easy on KD right now. They're making them work. And there's something that happening that, to me, is real intriguing from, from my time playing against KD. So when I was with the Clippers, Chris had a lot of success on Kevin Durant because he just climbed up under him. Yeah. He got under his dribble. Yeah. And he made life tough on him. When I cover the Clippers, there's a game. Everybody remembers he was with the Warriors. And Patrick Beverly just got under KD. He fought through screens. He wards through stuff. He was, you know, he was in his Patrick Beverly bag. He was talking, you know, screaming to the crowd. That's the whole moment. Remember, he shoved him down. There was a whole deal. That's the, well, that, 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 but didn't that lead to I'm Kevin Durant? Yeah. Now you see where I'm going with this, Doug. Yeah. So now, if you're Kevin Durant, the one thing I know that I'm going to see from his adjustment is he's going to run the floor. He's going to catch and shoot. He's going to come off pin downs. He's going to be posting up off the elbow a little tighter. But my question to you, this looks a little different because I'm seeing it done with size. Grant Williams is doing it. Tatum and Brown are taking turns on him. Anybody who's carding Kevin Durant, these aren't the little gnats that are six feet tall. The referees are allowing the bigger players to get more physical and get into him. I don't know if this is a factor. I don't know if the game is going to be called differently because, hey, if KD goes to the line 20 times, which he easily could have with a different whistle, this is going to be a different series. Well, he did go. He almost went 20 times last night, didn't he? I mean, mm, let me let me check it out. Kevin, yeah, no, correct, correct. He went 20 times and he still didn't get a good look. So I guess that is the, the as the mo. So I, no, I, I, yeah, look, yeah, you're right. Point, and and I don't want to get too in the weeds for for people who are like they just woke up and they just had their coffee. <laughs> What? <laughs> Pin downs and, and Ryan Hollis, Doug Gottlieb, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. But but the point is, and this is, look, this is what the, the brilliance to Steph Curry is, that Steph Curry is better without the ball than he is with the ball. He's great with the ball. Yes. But, the, the, but what happens is when somebody has the basketball and you have a great player, in this case, two great players playing without the basketball, it's really hard to pay attention to the ball and then pay attention to what's going on with those with those other guys. That's where they need Ben Simmons, right? That's where you need yes. somebody else. And Simmons has the size. And then when they, and and I think that's the adjustment, right? When you have, when you have a little guy on you, that's when you can just take in the post and put a hand up and Debo guys and just say I'm just bigger and better. When you have big guys, you got to move them. Yep. Because as good as Grant Williams is when he catches the ball, Grant Williams isn't used to catching to to guarding him off of pin downs. Like that's not what he's he's probably never done that in his life. Like that's not what he does. And so I would guess that's like a reasonable adjustment, but they need a trigger man there. And they're, and you know, Kyrie is not really a trigger man. Kyrie's a scorer who can pass. Patty Mills is not really a trigger man. And, and those guys are little. Uh, but I would, I, I agree with that idea. We'll, like, look, we're going to find out if, if Steve Nash can coach. That's, that's really, we're going to find out if, if Steve Nash can coach, if they can make some adjustments. And if 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 Kyrie and KD are willing to be coached, that that's the other kind of uh, element to it. All right, there's a there's a bunch I want to get to. Like, um, I want to do the the Philadelphia thing or whatever. But you've been in these NBA series. How much carryover? Like two none, two down two zero. Is that is that a death knell? Like, are, do do the Nets think they're done? Does it feel? Uh, should the Celtics be that confident? Or is it just two games? Like, what's what's it really, 
really like. Here, here's the thing. You're, you're going back and you're saying they did what they were supposed to do. If you're up 2-0, you did what you're supposed to do. You took care of home. Or you say, hey, man, I got to go and I got to play the spoiler role if, if you lost it. And, and that's the mentality, you know? Like, 2-0 is not the death blow. And I remember when I was in Dallas, um, we got up 2-0, if I'm not mistaken. Or, or it was 1-1. One, it was one, one. We, we won one. It was 1-1. One, one. We stole one. On the road, we were the seven seed. San Antonio was the two seed. Tim Duncan, Manu, and those guys. And when we got back home, we knew how important game four was. And that's when I had the game of my life. I got paid the most money I'd ever seen. I had a big dunk on Tim Duncan, blah, blah, blah. But we knew if we took care of those two games, that was a difference maker because you're pretty much even when the home team takes care of home. You say when they did what they were supposed to do. And that's where, you know, a lot of times we talk about home court advantage, why that comes into play, and that's why that's such a a big moment. But to answer your question, Doug, we're saying, dude, okay, now let's take up our home, take care of our home. You got to see our fans. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't. I don't think the series is over. I do those that the, that what happens though in the series like game one, and that's I don't know if they had it, but man, they had a great great shot, up three forty seconds to go, and you lose. You give up two layups, and you just look back and go, how how different is the world if they close out that game with? Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like... A lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Macs with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. 
You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope, I was wrong. Because hmm. then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. Get upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Doug Gottlieb, Brian Hollins in for Dan the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, so last weekend, NASCAR did something pretty cool. Okay, so Bristol Motor Speedway, uh, which has those just those, those high-pitched ovals, right? They, they raced on dirt. They raced on dirt. And um, what uh, what you may have missed was uh, Tyler Reddick was, was – he was about to get his first win. He gets gets tangled up, crashes. Kyle Busch comes in and wins the race. And there's this there's this photo that was on social media of Bubba Wallace. And uh, of course, Bubba Wallace um, joins us now on the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Bubba consoling Tyler after the race. Bubba, thanks so much for joining us. Hope you're really really well and had a had a great Easter weekend. What'd you say to Tyler after the race? Yeah. Good morning. Um, you know, I've, I've been, uh, Reddick and I have had a couple run-ins throughout our career. Um, but we've, we were, we were somewhat teammates, um, the last few years. And so getting to know Tyler and understand who he is and how he races, uh, I've definitely respected his craft and his, uh, his experience coming up through. And I found out that, Tyler and I raced against each other um, hell, when we were kids, but I didn't even realize that until I seen a, a results sheet from back in 2004 or five. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but uh, seeing how he's been close, he's been close a lot of times this year and, and a few times last year um, to getting that first win. I mean, I know how special the first win is and, and, uh, and how long it takes and how hard it is to get. And uh, I was, unfortunately, um, we had motor problems there at the end of the race. So I was a few laps down, and the leaders had just passed me going into three. So I seen it all happening and unfolding, and I was like, oh, no. And uh, I thought he had enough to enough gap to get back going, and, and Kyle Busch just beat him out. And so I can only feel, you know, what he was going through or imagine what he was going through. 
But when I walked up to him, he was he was okay, you know. And and I heard his comments, um, you know, on the radio, his radio transaction. Um, and he's a lot like me, and and looking at scenarios where, well, why did I put myself in that situation to let that happen? And so it's a lot of self-reflect instead of being mad at someone else. Um, it was like, well, yeah, I never should have let him get that opportunity to do that to me. And so I, I respected him even more after that. So wow. I just told him, like, hey, man, keep the faith, and uh, it's going to happen rather sooner than later. Bubba, how are you so, somebody sort of a teammate? What is that like? I, that, how does that work? Say that again, sir? You said hey, we were sort of teammates the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. What does sort of teammates so, mean? So I, I raced for uh, Richard Petty uh, sure. in the 43 for, um, since 2018 to 2020. And uh, we had an, uh, an affiliation with uh, Richard Children's Racing, so who Tyler drove for. And so once he got to the cup level, we were in debrief meetings. We were talking about our cars and stuff because we had that, that relationship and that affiliation. So they were, they were helping us. Uh, RCR was like the mothership, kind of like how we are right now with 2311. And JGR kind of being the mothership. Bubba, first off, Ryan Hollins here. Big fan, brother. Big fan. Thank you. Love, love, love your work, man. So you talk, Michael Jordan left you a voicemail, man. How, how did you miss MJ's call, dude? And, like, are there any more stories? Because your story in celebrity just kind of blew up. I don't want to say overnight. I respect the crap. But you are, like, the household name of NASCAR, like, how did that come about, and are there any other cool stories that we don't know about where you're like, dude, this is this is bigger than me? Yeah, no, there was, um, you know, a lot of stuff that went on in 2020, uh, you know, at Talladega. Obviously, that got my name out there, and and uh, which I indirectly, you know, wanted to be a part of. Uh, just so happened to be at the forefront of all that. And, um, you know, that, that really, you know, kind of – put a spotlight on who I am and who I am as a driver and as a person. Um, and then, you know, we come back and win at Talladega uh, last year, and that just kind of ramped things up again. And uh, I think I, I left my phone in the bus. Um, usually I take it out to pit road with me, but this was a Monday race. It was a rescheduled race because of the rain. And uh, it was just me and the dog chilling. And so I left my phone in the bus. And uh, after after the race was called, shoot, I didn't get my phone until like two hours after. Uh, I forgot the numbers that I had. I think it was, I don't, know, I think it was four hundred text messages or uh, <laughs> something around that, and then about forty missed calls and about twenty voicemails, and one of them was MJ. So I think he called, you know, right right when they called the race, but I didn't have my phone on me, so that's the reason I missed it. But um, but yeah, I think. You know, so with those things happening, and then obviously this Netflix documentary that we dropped uh, in late February this year um, just continued to, to rise my name. And so it's been cool to see. It's definitely gone through a lot of ups and downs, and and uh, my, my mentions and comments are, are, are getting less hate, which is good. I think that's more because of the block button that I use all the time. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think you just you deal with things as they come at you in that moment. And learn from it, and move on. Uh, yeah. So, so you block, you don't mute. Like, what's the decision? Like, do I block? Do I mute? I have friends that say mute, muting sometimes fun, blocking sometimes fun. What's the what's the the breakdown of block to mute ratio? No, if I see ignorance, which that's one hundred percent of what it is, I just block them. Yeah. So yeah, it's what's, funny. What's, what's the point, right? 
Yeah, exactly. People are coming at you with a inanimate object as their profile picture. So it's like, man, these guys. <laughs> no, the, the best is when you click on their bio and it's like Christian loving. Like, well, excuse yes. me, right? <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's man. It's just like, what? What are these people like? They have a lot more time, but they obviously don't want to spend it wisely. Um, okay, so so you let you, obviously you can't text and drive, right? That's right. And you, so, but but how? I, 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 this is, and this is completely interesting to me. And I don't know if it's interesting to you guys. Like I find that during times in which I can't text, like it's, it's actually like freeing. Like I don't, I want, I, I coach youth basketball on the weekends, like an AU program. Like I, yep. one time I coached like four games, like, man, why do I feel so good? Today? I was like, man, I haven't been on my phone all day. But yep. when you get done with the race, how, how much do you fiend to get, to get on that, on that thing uh, to communicate with, with the rest of the world? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty quick for me, but at the same time, it's like, ah, oh, we had a bad race. Let me stay off social media before I see something that pisses me off more or I say something wrong that's going to piss off the team or the sponsors. So sometimes I'll just answer a few text messages or, hell, the new thing now is playing Wordle. So we're, we're always, Amanda and I, my fiance, we're always at a competitive level of who's going to get Wordle the fastest. And so... Um, other than that, man, you know, it's just just catching up on, I guess, uh, not really emails because I'm terrible. I have uh, 7,000 emails that I haven't opened up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So so um, have you ever gotten Wordle in two words? Yes, I've gotten it uh, three or four times. Wow. And now what's your streak? Have you ever not gotten it? Uh, I have. I have. Uh, I got a new phone recently. Oh, that's the worst. I did it too, and it resets your thing, and you're like, "Wait, I had a str- I was on 31 in a row. What happened?" Yeah, it reset. So right now, I think I am. Uh, I think I'm on a pretty good streak. Uh, I am. I'm on 31 current streak right now. No losses, which is good. My most common is 10, or is, is four. 10, 10 tries on four. All right. Love well, it. Me- Make sure you guys check out the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Bubba, let me ask you something, man. In, in the NBA, you always get a feel like, hey, we, we got a chance to win a championship this year. And Doug knows this, even beyond this, like everything has to go right. The culture has to be yeah. good. No nonsense off the floor. The guys need to yeah. vibe. If you have any anything going on, like you, you got to put it aside. Like, How hard is it from your standpoint with your team – to go out and win, win a race. Like, does everything have to go right? Like, is it? A, there's a little bit of fortune, I believe, sometimes in those championship runs. Like, when you won, what does it come down to, and how hard is it really? It's it's really relatable to uh, to to the other other leagues, and um, you know, there's we've had I think nine nine races so far this year uh, out of thirty six, and and i've made a few mistakes i crashed our car in california in practice that put us behind um i i've had three you know three loose wheels um uh, that 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 have cost us a lot and just other mistakes that we just haven't as a team we haven't been uh firing on all cylinders and um if you didn't know that in, in motor racing if all cylinders are not firing then you're usually having a bad day uh whether that's uh metaphorically or actual um, but, uh, but yeah, I think we, we just got to do a lot of cleaning up and, and, and looking at how we can be better and a lot of self-reflection. That's what Denny's big on is, is yeah, there's, there's mistakes that, that happen that are out of your control, but at the same time, you got to self-reflect and see how you can be better in those instances as well. So I appreciate that, that wisdom from him. And that makes you be better because, you know, everybody, it's easy for everybody to point the blame at one thing, 
that, especially when it's not your fault. But in, in this world, we are a team, and we all surround each other and try to uplift everybody when they do make that mistake. So, um, so we just have to get everything going. I mean, it seems like when a race is going really well, something happens. You know, we were running okay at Bristol last weekend. And, uh, you know, we had our motor overheating problems that put us four or five laps down. And so that was that was the end of our day. Uh, so it's just little things like that. It seems like the, the bad luck streak is, is following us. So hopefully we can break that this weekend at, at our best track. Yeah, but you, you, you won here at a track that you, you know, you won with a damaged car last time around. Last thing, and I know you got to go. I was just looking online. There's these new Air Jordan 1 stashes. Have you guys seen these? It's like almost like a fanny pack on the back of Air Jordan 1s. Where you can like you could put Bubba, you could put your cell phone in or or stash, like every everyone in sports is now going back to the old school Air Jordans. Your go tos, your your go to Jordans. Just tell me what they are. Uh, for me, I, I'm I'm Columbia man. I, I represent Columbia, so uh, it, it's different game. Everybody thinks you know being on the team with with MJ, we're, we're the Jordan brand, but we, we've we've formed a great relationship with with Columbia Sportswear and. And I've I've been rocking that. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, I have a couple pair of J's, but uh, I think the the ones are the easiest to to go about. But it's all about Columbia in this. I household. like the Columbia, like the Columbia gear. Hopefully, we see you in checkers this weekend on Fox. Bubba, thanks so much for joining us. Be safe, okay? All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate right. But but Bubba Wallace joining us. I, I thought that was it was a cool moment last week when when. When a guy crashes and I, he goes up to him, and he I think he thought he was consoling him. He's like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm." I'm 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 good. I'm good. By the way, have you seen these Air Jordan stashes? No, I, no. I, I check check my right Twitter. Now. I just like I don't. I mean, it feels kind of obvious. They, it feels kind of obvious what what some dudes will use them for. I guess you can use them for cash. Just you put cash in. That's actually good for you, for cash for your kid, right? Because they they take off. And now all you got to do have your cell phone. I don't know if you can fit your cell phone in that thing. Huh. Um, I like them. Hey, I just hey. bought I just bought some ones recently, some Jordan ones, yeah. Which ones? They were they're like a denim and red. There's, there's so many different. I think the ones have to be the most, I guess, color friendly or different models. But uh, yeah, like a like a denim and red. I hadn't bought some shoes in a long time. I I guess I spoiled myself. But yeah, no, these I, I'd rock them. <laughs> no, that, it's it's got to be weird. Like for people to understand, when you're a hooper and especially at Ryan's level, like. I would guess there was twenty years where you never bought never bought sneakers. Yeah, yeah, no, you know it, you know it, and you don't have to worry about Jordans and stuff like that. No. And it kind of really irritated me to a sense because as a kid, I would spend my last money or money we didn't have to, you know, get that one pair of Jordans. But yeah, I've got like crates and boxes full of Jordans, and you know, thank God they're timeless, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, dude, you weren't. I don't even know. Were you even alive when the Air Jordans ones came out? Because because. This, I was just this, born. The year I was born, 84. Man. So, 80, I think it was 80, it must have been 85. No, it was a little bit later, a little bit later on. They were still out like in 80, I think it was like 86 or something. And I actually shared a pair. No, it might have been 85. I shared a pair of Jordans with my sister. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, she was in ninth grade playing junior high basketball. My dad was like, look, I, we, I can't be buying. You want some game shoes? You guys can both buy game shoes. We'll, you'll share them. Okay, so we, we wore the same size at the time. She's five years older than me. And we, we shared a pair of Jordans. The only problem was her junior high, ninth grade was junior high school basketball then, and they played outdoors. Oh. And so, like, she's like, oh, here's, I was like, what are those? You tore up my shoes. Oh. Uh. 
tore up my shoes, <laughs> tore up my Jordans. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what? Too is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope. I was wrong because then I tried right brand bacon and honestly, I was speechless. And you know, it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly, but it was mind blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job. And I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick cut, flip your whole world upside down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. Get upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Doug Gottlieb, Brian Hollins, in for Dan Danette, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. We'll get to uh, Debo Samuel uh, and his uh, trade request, which I don't believe 
I don't believe was discussed yesterday because that that dropped that dropped mid morning yesterday. Mid yeah, mid morning. We'll, we'll we'll talk some Debo Samuel coming this hour. Plus, uh, next hour, Jay Wright retires as Villanova head coach, the Hall of Famer. Of course, took Villanova not just to two NCAA championships, but even the Final Four this year, where they lost the uh, eventual national champion Kansas. And uh, without one of their best, one of their best players in the game, what what led what led to it? But but let's let's dig back into the NBA. Ryan Hollins, of course, in addition to being able to hear him on Fox Sports Radio, you've been able to hear him call uh, all year the Houston Rockets games. So, dude knows, lives, eats, breathes, sleeps the league when you call all eighty-two for an NBA game. And of course, he played in the NBA for a long time. Um, uh, like, look, dude, I always thought. I always thought Embiid is the most talented, talented guy in the league. Talented guy. I, it's funny. We're speaking of coaches. My first time laying eyes on on Joel Embiid, it was the they actually lost to San Diego State. Um, it, it was in the in the fall. So these coaches have uh, Bill has a um, like a what's it called like a celeb not a celebrity camp. He has a fantasy camp. And the fantasy camp was, I mean, honestly, it's a way to pay your player players a little extra money there. And it's like a three-day weekend. It's like uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And the way it works out, and I don't know if people know this, there's like a subculture of of, of men, like, I don't know, 150 guys that play in these fantasy camps. And they actually have rankings. And so they show up and they play and then you have like, quote-unquote coaches, and the coaches at Bill's fantasy camp are like me, uh, my boy Miles Simon, who's with the the Lakers now, Fred Fraschilla, um, other broadcasters uh, would would get a chance. We'd have all have a team. Some would be, you know, Jerry Wainwright, like who's a, who was the head coach at DePaul and, and, and other places as well. I think he was head coach at Richmond. Anyway, then we'd like have a draft. That was fun. Then you have teams, you coach them a little bit, you basically play a, a tournament, and then within it, you have you have a gala one night, you go over to Bill Self's house one night. Anyway, we go in the gym, and there's big Joel Embiid, who, you know, he had, was in a, a school at Gainesville, Florida. And I said, how good is he? How good is the big kid, Bill? He's like, he's a Hall of Famer. I was like, come on, man. He's like, I've never <laughs> seen it. He's like, that's what a Hall of Famer looks like when he's 18 years old. It's like he doesn't know about diet. He doesn't know about a lot of stuff. He's like, but he just, he's a Hall of Famer. And now he's putting it all together. Plus, he's got this gigantic personality. Okay. Big to big, like, what what is what does the Joel Embiid experience speak to you? You know, it's funny. When I was in the league, that was that span where he sat for two years. I think a lot of people forget he went to Philly and he sat and they just wanted to get him right. And, and that was the... We kind of didn't know what he was. I know I played with Luke Richard and Bob Mute at UCLA, mm-hmm. uh, Cameroonian product, and he kind of brought him up, and we're like, okay, that, that's that's Luke's guy. But when I watch him play, he has freakish footwork and coordination. He moves like if you put Joel Embiid in a drill with, with point guards, he would do every drill as synchronized, if not better, then the guards, NBA guards on the floor, you put him in the post, he has that same footwork, and he just has a basketball creativity that you don't find at the five. I guess if you want to compare it somewhat, 
maybe this is a little bit of a and, and don't get me don't get crazy when I say this. Don't get crazy when I say this. My Rockets family, I know they're gonna hear me when I say this, and I think you know where I'm going with this, Doug. Hakeem, Hakeem's yeah. footwork. Yeah. But Hakeem was more refined. Hakeem was like, I'm going to give it to you like this, this, and this. Yeah, His, I, I would, he, his basketball was, imagination is too, too, <laughs> too much at times, right? Well, here's here's what people forget about Hakeem Olajuwon, okay? We all watch highlights now, and we think, dream shake Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what he was like when he was at Houston in college, okay? He wasn't. He Hakeem came over. And I forget the co- the coach's name. He learned how to dunk because there was some small little coach who brought him over that had to jump off a chair to show him, right? But he was in college. He was a shot blocker dunker, mm. okay. And he just, but he he worked. He's an unbelievable worker, and he used that natural soccer coordination and footwork. And every year added something to it where he became. I mean, I think everybody who you know who played in the NBA is like if there's a guy who's the best low post scorer in terms of movement, variety of moves, yes. fluidity. I mean, it's Akeem Olajuwon. Yes. So I, I, here's where I, I completely agree with you. If you take that fluidity of movement and then you put it in a player who develops an outside game as well because the sport is so different now. And people always ask, like, well, why, do, why don't you just stand down there and post up? Like, do you, they don't call any fouls when you post up. No. There's no – it's hand-to-hand combat. And it's – no matter how big and strong you are, it's really hard. Like, if they want low post scoring to return the NBA, just call some fouls. Like, yep. right? I mean, yep. that, that's basically it. So, and now, look, end of regulation, he shoots a step back and – and, and you know, all old school coaches, why don't you get him the ball to pose? Like, it's hard. But, man, is he's the, – the, the part about him that I you, you, you just wonder how it works in the NBA Finals is he's always had this kind of don't care, roll off my back attitude. Like, he cares, but he doesn't care so much that missing a shot builds up with him for the next shot. Like, he just goes. He just doesn't have – that that give a you know what gene and he just keeps going like and and oh yeah by the way like we got to give credit where it's due there are plenty of people who have put on these headsets who have talked about Doc Rivers who think the guy can't coach and he, now his teams have blown three games to one lead There's, that that that's happened uh, but that was a beautiful play an absolutely beautiful play to get him a wide open shot and all things considered that James Harden had fouled out James Harden looks. Like, he doesn't look like himself. He doesn't, I don't, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But so far, so good. It, people were declaring them dead before this series started. Now they're up three games to none. Yeah, and here's the thing about Joel and about posting up on a block. If you're going to hit that last shot, yeah. you're not going to get, you can double team the block. You can get handsy. You can elbow. You can hold. And those calls aren't made. So, I disagree with a lot of folk that say that Joel just has to stay on the block. Yes, he's dominant. There are moments where, you know, look, man, I'm telling you, he's the MVP of the league in my mind. Out of all everyone that I saw, he's been unreal. But there are moments where he can moments where he can float on the perimeter. But if he's going to be a guy that takes that last second shot, like we yeah. saw, he has to do it on the perimeter. And Doug, I know you you say he's a guy that doesn't care, and I absolutely believe. And what you're saying with that. that? That's his mindset. But I want to give you a situation where he does care. And I think what I saw last night was a man who hadn't forgotten. One thing that I know he cares about that has caused him to be a better player. Yeah. When he was in Toronto, 
Kawhi Leonard sprints past him to the corner and hit that shot that sent him home. And he was in crocodile, boo-hoo, viral moment tears. And as a player, that tells me – that changed him. He's a different man because of that. So if you tell me that he didn't wasn't going to get the ball in his hands and yeah. bring this game home and break them boys' hearts and then go to Drake and say, yeah, yeah, talk my stuff now. I know it ain't over, but 3-0 is a dagger, okay? He did not forget. And I'm going to tell you that, Doug, that was – he knew before that shot comes – because, Doug, you've been there as a player. You're like, I've been here before. No, no. We're not losing. Yep. <laughs> We're not no, no, losing. And, and, and that's what the best, the best. And when I say he doesn't care, please don't let people think that I mean he doesn't actually care. It's the, you have to have this gene where past, like you said, like past failure doesn't eat you up. Yes. So that you're tight about it, right? It, it Guys just, like me, you, me and you didn't want to miss a shot and come out the game. Correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Playing with one eye. Playing yeah, with one yeah, eye on the court, one yeah, eye on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could take this one. And then, and then the other, the other one is, and this is like a real basketball moment is when you see the guy who's already coming in for you, yeah. that's when you got to get one last shot up. You're like, man, can't take me out twice. Right. Can't take me out twice. We oh get one up. Gosh. But that, this is a completely different world than Joel Embiid, right? He just yes. does not, it just, the pressure I don't think bothers him. And sometimes a little bit too much so where he has that same creativity down the stretch that you don't need. Like, dude, just use brute force. But in that case, catch and shoot like what was amazing about that play was it was a mess right? he catches the ball he takes a look at the at the game clock and just then the defender pokes the ball away and he gets it and then he just kind of chucks it up and luckily doc rivers you know calls a timeout like 0.9 seconds in the shot clock and i i got twitter op- opened up and you see guy after guy why what's the point why call timeout just go to double overtime whatever then all of a sudden he hits the game when he shot like oh oh that's why oh there 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 you go this was Joel Embiid on the floor post game Joel, you've had some big shots in your career. Where does that one rank for you? That's, I mean, obviously that's the best one. Uh, but the job is not done. Uh, we got one more. Uh, you know, so we got to come back here in two days and, you know, try to, you know, beat them again. When you guys called that timeout, was that the exact play that was supposed to be run or was it improvisation? No, nah, that was the play. Uh, you know, just get the ball to, you know, me or whoever that was open. And uh, we did that, and I'm glad we made a good play. In the first half, they seem to neutralize you. What did you do in the second half to open up? Uh, just being more aggressive. Uh, the first half, I was just floating around. Uh, I didn't really want the ball. And, uh, you know, coach really got on me. Told me that, you know, I'm the biggest dude out there. So, just go out and dominate. So, I had to do it. You guys had 15 turnovers in the first half. What does it say about the resilience of this team? You go into overtime, you don't have James Harden, but you still come through. We got to do a better job. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it before we got here. That, you know, we got to take care of the ball. I didn't do a good job today. So I got to do a better job next game. Uh, we allowed a few offensive rebounds. Uh, so, you know, we got to clean that up. Finally, Joel, there's been the narrative of pressure pressure on this team. But you guys are one game away. How do you close out this series? Like I just mentioned, take care of the ball. Don't allow second chances. Um, and just move the ball offensively. Just play with each other and make plays. Thank you, Joel. Here's Doc Rivers after the game. Then the last play, they ran it. Right. Uh, you still need Joel to make a fadeaway jump shot. It was really supposed to be deeper or two, but he, he said he felt like he can get out there. So good win for us. We'll take it. You, you, you played for Doc, and, you know, lots of dudes in the media 
like to say things about Doc? What what what's that experience really like? Nah, man, I love Doc as a coach, man. I had an absolute blast playing for him. Um, he's a genius when it comes to X's and O's and relating to players. You know, he knows how to put you in your sweet spot. And it's funny hearing Joel say, hey, you're the biggest guy on the floor. Go out and dominate. You know, Doc has is a way with his words, and he understands how to get you motivated and going. But I, I love playing for Doc. He, he can draw plays. He's going to put you in the right spots. I'm a super, super detail-oriented guy. So when I, for me as a player, when I got details, details were good for me. I knew where my teammates were going to be. I knew my rules. I knew if I saw uh, Ray or Paul go pin down for him, hey, I knew that if I was on the floor with KG, we could kind of interchange defensively. You know, Doc can bring out the best in you as a player. So I, I, I absolutely love that for him. But I knew with Joel, Joel just needed a little more order. Like I said, he has so much game. He has so he has Doug, he got too much sauce. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Doc has the ability to be like, all right, Joel, we're gonna work off the elbows now. We're gonna work off the block. Okay, Joel, now we're gonna put you in a trail spot and work. These are your options. You know, here's the freedom within your abilities to do what you need to do. And when you have great players, Sometimes it's just it's just putting them in situations where they can be great, and I think that's what we are seeing from Doc. It's amazing, amazing, you know the how the 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 narrative by some and the reality of guys like like you that, that played Ryan Hollins, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan the Nan, Danettes, Doug Gottlieb. I mean, excuse, excuse me, the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio <laughs> with with prices soaring at the pump. Discover has your back. With cashback, use Discover to earn 5% cashback at gas stations and Target. Now through June, up to $1,500 in purchases. When you activate, learn more at discover.com slash rewards. Limitations apply. Um, what do, do like, look, you covering the Rockets, obviously James wasn't there all year, but he had been there and you know the stories and you've been in the league and you played against him and you've been around him. I don't know. I just, again, there's a guy, an incredible talent. When he was right, and I would say he was had a team built around him in his prime, you, you, you can find guys that are as good an offensive weapon. I don't know if you find anybody who's actually better, right? But he does not seem the same. He just doesn't seem the same. It, am, I, am I overvaluing what I've seen recently and I'm just—it's just a couple of games, or is he not the same guy with the years of coming in early with with some weight, the hamstring issues, and just the attrition of all that ball dominance? Is he really the same guy? Doug, here, here's the reality: the mental space that James Harden was in matched with his physical uh, peak at that time. It's going to be hard to recreate, and. James Harden was putting on performances that you were arguing he was the greatest offensive player we had ever seen. Like he was, he was literally unguardable. And and Doug, I, I'm going to ask you this real quick, and I just real quick, I go into this on the scouting report, right? If I was like, "Hey, Doug, I want you to force a guy into a, 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 a multiple dribbles and a step back contested three, what, what would Coach say? Is that good defense or bad defense? Good defense. Great defense, right? God bless him. We live with that. James Harden was beating the NBA with that shot, with those moves. He was in such a zone that we may never see again. And I'm going to compare James to one of his former teammates, Chris Paul, in a sense where 
I remember playing with Chris, and we were kind of seeing the element where Chris, you know, his knee wasn't quite right from New Orleans. You know, he had to fix some things nutritionally, but Chris had to redefine who he was as a player. He wasn't that same guy in New Orleans that can go out and get you 35, you know, 19 in, in five steals. You know what I'm saying? Chris had to change and say, play the smarter game. And we still, with the Clippers, needed Chris to be the, the takeover, takeover guy, takeover guy. And he played really good basketball in Houston, but Chris has redefined his game. I bring that up to say that I think James Harden is going to have to redefine who he is. And not to say that he can't have those Harden-like moments where he's hitting nine step backs in a row, there's no one to guard him. But I think he's going to have to redefine physically who he is. And when you're mental and physical synchronized, it's a beautiful thing to see. And I think that James is mental or physical. They have to get back on the same page. To, to your point, we aren't seeing the same James Harden. Is it still there? Yes, but I think it's in a different form. Am I fair to say that maybe him and Embiid need to get more of a two-man game going? Maybe it's more point guard James Harden, and then the scoring comes. But James is so cerebral, I compare him to a counterpuncher, but just his reads aren't there in a way that he, we're used to seeing, and he's probably used to having them. Maybe it's rhythm. A lot of guys need the basketball in, the, in, in their hands. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily the answer, but I think James is going to go in and redefine himself. And we're just seeing that that little, you know, that little newborn baby, the little ugly side of the baby that we hadn't seen in the beautiful side is maybe uh, to come. You know, I, I can say to assume with a guy that is smart and is cerebral as James Harden. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, it's, hard, it's really hard for guys to play in a way in which they dominate the ball and then suddenly they don't dominate the ball. I do think, like, in theory, it's different with Embiid because Embiid can play pick and roll, Embiid can play in the post. Yeah. And so so it, it is different, whereas I, I never really understood how that Chris Paul-Harden dynamic would work. And obviously Chris getting hurt change we didn't see what the, what the top end looked like but i i it, to me it's more about does he still have the burst right like i just mm. you know that that apparently was what 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 blew away kevin durant was like man this guy does, is not the same athlete that he used to be now granted that's early in the season when he wasn't in shape but but when that thing goes it's really hard to get back like Paul Pierce, he didn't blow by guys ever. So it wasn't right. Yeah. He just always found a way to get by people without some crazy. It was just footwork and angles and understanding and toughness of basketball or whatever. But and James Harden understands those angles. But man, when when you lose that burst, it's a it's a completely different sport. No, nah, he's got he's got to re- redefine his game. There's there's no question there. And and you're right. You know, when you're young, you can stay out all night eating pizza <laughs> you know what I'm saying and you, you kind of like you figure it out and you you can do those things but I I, I definitely think you know you're right he's got to redefine it Doug he's got to redefine it a lot of guys can't do that um all right I, I want to get into this upcoming next all right so the Lakers fans are getting kicked in the nuts last night right getting the nuts right you're not playing and, and Nick Nurse, they may get swept. He's not leaving Toronto. He's the coach of the Canadian national team. Like, I don't see him leaving Toronto. Maybe. But Alex Caruso doing every little thing down the stretch, right? He missed a corner jump shot, looked bad shoot. He's not a great shooter, although percentage-wise, obviously, he's dramatically improved, although this year there was regression. But I think, really, this is more regressing to the mean. He's not a particularly good shooter. But he does every other little thing right was it last night was the perfect example of how could you let this guy walk 
when he wanted to play for less, right? right? How how could you let him walk when he wanted to play for less? And he's a guy who does all of the little things that no one was willing to do with the Lakers. Like last night was a complete kick in the in the crotch, complete kick in the crotch to the Lakers. Watching the Caruso late in that game as they as they beat down beat down the Bucks. Um, and oh yeah, by the way, who's guarding? Who's guarding Giannis in the fourth quarter? That would be Alex Crusoe. Look, man, I, I, sometimes you don't appreciate the the middle class, the middle the middle class workers, right? The guys who take out the trash, the guys who show up every day, the guys who, you know, have to wait for the shot to swing, to swing, to take the shot. And in in my mind, you know, when I was able to see the Lakers and we saw them this year, their middle class was gone. And I think they had really banked on, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn to be that. And you really saw injuries. You didn't see Nunn pretty much the whole season. And that was a big part that devastated the Lakers. You know, KCP was consistent. Caruso was – those guys were available. And sometimes the best ability – you know it, Doug, is availability. Availability. So those two are really good, but they just did a lot of the dirty work – and LeBron has always been good, in my opinion, when you put defensive-minded teams around him. They, they cover for the mistakes. They dive on the loose floor. You know, they, they do those little things. And I think that you missed that element defensively losing those two guys and then not having the health of the guys who were supposed to be there. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.